under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. I feel like I should be on like my speedboat or my yacht right now with this music. Like wind blowing in the hair, in my hair. And 80s Miami Vice. Yeah, like a kind of a pastel bright colored swimsuit. Maybe I still have my polo shirt on and my Wayfarer. You're late for school and you stole a boat. Yeah. You wouldn't be late. Well, this is actually Chris Jericho's first theme music in WCW. Yeah. And I've uh, been going back with the roommates. I mean, it's now been a two and a half week thing where we've been watching old WCW, starting out with the pay-per-views and uh, then leading into when Nitro began in 95. And so it's been like watching all the WCW Nitros, then leading up to a pay-per-view, watching that pay-per-view. And then, like, I think we're in late 96 now. Wow. At least you're watching them in order. Right. And, uh, well, by the way, welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And the guy sitting across from me, Mr. Spotlow's here. Woo! How you doing, Seth? But yeah. you, you brought a, a young man here. Man, he's about to take some risk in life. Like... No, honestly, like you were saying, that this guy here, George, is uh, like he, when he first you saw him do comedy, you're like, ah, this guy's got it. Been doing it for a year. Nobody you had laughed. been doing it for a year. Yeah, I've been doing it for a year. Nobody laughed. I sucked. I was getting better, you know. And then one day I was at an open mic and old George comes walking in and he gets up there, first time ever killed. Just murdered it, and I was like, "I hate you, you suck." But he was so nice. <laughs> well, George, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, and I'm glad Seth uh, connected us. Well, number one, like I'm, I'm a big, I'm just a huge Chris Jericho fan. It's cool seeing him, like going back watching the old stuff. But you just went on the the cruise of Jericho. Yeah, I got lucky. Some uh, somebody needed a fourth person okay. to come with them. It was like, uh, George watches wrestling sometimes. It was so. with Fifi, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah Fifi uh, invited me, so I'm like, yeah, might as well. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I I was following it because I listened to Jericho's podcast regularly and, yeah. you know, the lead up to the, the rock and wrestling rager at sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, no, is that just, the real name of it? Yeah. yeah that is awesome. The rock and wrestling rager at sea. Yeah. Woo! It's yeah. mouthful. And so, I mean, how was it? Do you oh, think they'll do it again? Oh, uh, I'm not sure how much money they made, so they gave away a lot of drinks. So I'm not <laughs> sure how much money they made, but I'm pretty sure he's going to do it again. He's been doing a lot of surveys after the fact, but uh, everything was fun besides, okay. like, getting on and getting off of it. But yeah, Right. Yeah. Well, I've been on a few cruises yeah. and the getting on, getting off, especially, and then also, you all have to go through the safety check. Yeah. 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 All the, the boring stuff. Yeah, make sure you didn't bring toothpaste or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just go to the ocean in the middle of the, the somewhere and then turn around and come back? Yeah, basically we went to the Bahamas, uh, which is basically like a little a visit. It's just right. like we was there for like six hours. 
So okay. barely with them, Bahamas. Cool. Yeah, with cruises, like half the time, the ones I've been on. I mean, unless you're going to a really cool destination, yeah. like uh, like historic in my mind, I I just assume stay on the boat, yeah. stay on the ship. Yeah, it's it was, a lot of fun. It was like downtown Bahamas too. It was okay. like not even a good part. <laughs> yeah, I just assume stay on the boat. I mean, the the one thing though is they'll like I think we got off in Jamaica on one of the cruises I went on and. Uh, and immediately they tried to sell you weed. It's like, I can't bring this back on the ship. <laughs> You're supposed to bring it back. Well, You're supposed course, to get rid of it now. Half of them are trying to sell it to you and then tell the you know cop, like, <laughs> here's what's up. I just sold that kid some stuff. Get him. It's, oh, it's, oh, I've heard stories. It's terrible. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's cool, this, like, theme cruise thing. Right. I didn't get that lucky. You didn't get that yeah, lucky? Not, not with weed, no. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, it's legal. Like, I just saw a stat. It's legal for 70-something million people in the country now. Really? It's impressive. Nice. I mean, California's a big chunk of that, yeah. obviously. Yeah, it's a weird thing, too. Like, even if uh, it's legal in, in Cali, yeah, like, you couldn't bring weed from Bahamas to Cali. Right. Like, it's, it's some weird rule. No, this whole thing with borders. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's just the problem these days, like whether it's the South China Sea or the border with Ukraine or the southern border of the U.S. with Mexico, or I even heard that these Canadians were banned for life from the United States. They're venture capitalists. They're like these big wigs with money that were going to conferences in Washington State where it's legal. Weed is recreational marijuana cannabis is legal in Washington State, folks. It's legal nationwide in Canada, but because they had to cross an international boundary line, the U.S. Customs and Border or whatever said you're banned for life if this is what you're trying to bring in. Wow, that's nuts going from two legal places? Up. Yeah, messed wow. up. Wow. It's just they, they don't mess around with international waters. But th- these uh, theme cruises are really interesting to me. Like, I think Jericho got the idea from Kiss. Yeah. Uh, the Impractical Jokers sort of had this yeah. their own cruise. Yeah, I'm not sure about them. But yeah, I think they were there, or they're supposed to be on the show. It was a lot of people there, bro. It was like uh, people who snuck in and then left oh, before, really? like Ray Mysterio. Like he might he might have been walking around without his mask. Like who knows? Like like walked in between my legs, everything. Like um, <laughs> <laughs> little like um, uh, Mick Foley was there telling his stories. Okay, a yeah, little bit of everybody. At what got you into? Uh, how long have you watched and enjoyed wrestling? I've been watching this since I was a kid, oh, like wow. with my dad and everything. But okay. like, uh, I haven't been watching it recently. And uh, uh, everything that's oh, that was on the cruise, it wasn't WWE either. Right. It was it was like uh, Ring of Honor and Impact. So if you wasn't really into more the, or more of the indie wrestlers, right. like you might not have found everybody uh, fun. Well, I, I've sort of gone down the rabbit hole where at first it was like get the WWE network for nostalgia, yeah. like watch old WCW. Uh, watch some of the documentaries or whatever programs they have on that. Then I started watching the new stuff. And then out of the new stuff, and then I really, my favorite was by far Jericho, what he was doing, Kevin Owens and all that crap. And the Festival of Friendship is just still one of the most glorious wrestling segments ever. But when Jericho leaves, I'm like, no! No! And so it kind of got me into the indie stuff and looking at what's going on in Japan and looking at the different promotions and how... And I think it really applies, kind of just shoehorn this in, uh, what's going on in like the wrestling world where you can have an alternative sort of indie brand that gets as big as this all-in event that happened in Chicago for... Uh, Cody and the Young Bucks. Yeah. Uh, it's also the same in comedy. 
It's like the these days it seems like if you get out there and you're put the effort in, you're good, you're funny, um, and you get your name out there and have a, usually a podcast to connect with people, uh, it, the opportunity's out there. And this is what you're doing, George, right? You're about yeah. to take a chance. I'm doing a little, little bit of everything, man. Whatever gets me out there. Okay, so what made you like want to do comedy in the first place? I don't even know, honestly. <laughs> so you're from here? No, I'm from. Uh, actually, I was born in Vegas. Okay, born, born, in, born Vegas. in Vegas and raised in St. Louis, and like family came to Alabama. Okay, so like a little bit everywhere. Um, but what what got me into comedy? It was like uh, I think like I was an Arthur at one point in college, like writing little little crappy uh, sci-fi books okay. and stuff like this. So I guess I like, I was really inter- interested in storytelling. So, and people, my friends tell me, oh, I'm funny. So I'm just kind of like. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Your grandma say, oh, Georgie, nah. you're pretty funny. No, oh, no. You should tell some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually my first ever show was at my last job in St. Louis. It was like, oh, I'm going to leave. Uh, what y'all do, fire me? So I did like three minutes during lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go out with a bang. That's awesome. Yeah, so I didn't do that good, but still. <laughs> hey, man, you got to start somewhere. No, that's the that's the weird thing. It's like you got to fall flat on your face a few times in yeah. anything. It's not just comedy. I mean, yeah. Though in comedy... Somewhat, I think radio. I'm more. I'm. I don't see anybody. Right. I mean, people can call, but for the most part, if somebody heckles me, I can act like they didn't even call. It right. didn't even happen. <laughs> like I'm. I'm sort of here alone if I want to be. Whereas in comedy, if you mess up, like it's right in front of people, and there's something unnerving about it. It's weird for me. Like I've never had an issue. Like you're on radio, a few thousand are listening right now. Uh, when I would do like a big show in high school or whatever, whether play or whatever it was, I wouldn't have an issue with it. I kind of liked, even especially if it was strangers, people I didn't know. It's like that doesn't intimidate me. But if I had to like play my guitar and sing a song, or like you know do something in front of say just my family, I freak out. There's something about that intimacy <laughs> where it's like a small say like club or something where it kind of unnerves me yeah, it's like it's like a drug you know? yeah yeah you finally you finally finally do it though it feels good uh, it's it feels good whenever they laugh and when they don't laugh you kind of get used to it after they don't laugh for so long you just kind of kind of wing it you're like if you're doing comedy the heckler's right there one drunk guy can make you change everything you're doing yeah. and you have to go and deal with him with a mic in your hand to be funny and then continue with your story. Well, I'm not even a comedian. Last time I went to GT for a comedy show, there was this drunk chick. Mm-hmm. What, messing with her key? Like, put your keys down. Yeah. yeah. Impolite fools. And listen. I'm not even the one doing stand-up. Yeah. I'm the one trying to listen. And I was about to, like, tell her off. But you need it, though. It, it, it builds character. It builds character. If that you, test. If, if, as, a, as a comedian, I think you can, I can easily say, like, if you don't bomb, uh, you're not doing something right. Yeah, you don't know what's up. Yeah, you don't, you don't I, know... What's going on? You're not taking that yeah. risk. And talking about risk, you were taking a risk going to Vegas, going to be a comic. Oh, yeah. living your car, man. That's chasing the dream. <laughs> well, hopefully, if I, if I plan it right. I uh, mean, two I'm inches away from living in your car to living in a mansion. Right. You know, just work hard at it. And I, I mean, you'll do well, dude. Right. Yeah, I mean, that first time you got up there, you were hilarious. Yeah, in another five years, you'll be an overnight success. Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, it's I'm I don't know I'm sitting over here going like yeah it's cool hearing that uh, that story where you so 
you're born in Vegas. You kind of you know the your way around it a little bit. Nope. Nope. I was I was just a baby. <laughs> okay. Wow. So it's That's like awesome. Going back to the place yeah. of birth, and you're just gonna you're just gonna try to make it, like yeah. get gigs, yeah. and and it's close enough to L.A. So you like try out try out active maybe too. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Chasing the dream. I mean, you never That's hear cool people stuff. doing that. No, it's awesome. It uh, really is. I mean, I, I give it to you, dude. Yeah. And w- best of luck, and I'll I'll keep some of your stuff in storage so <laughs> if it fails. <laughs> no, I might be behind you, dude. I might hit you up. I don't know. Like, I'm seriously, I had this whole show last night about like I turned thirty on Saturday, and I'm like, okay, what am, what am I going to do with my life? I love what I do, right. and you know, I've grown to actually love Montgomery. It isn't always like for a while I was the type of guy who hated having been born and raised here. I thought it was boring. And then I've sort of, as I've grown up, I realized, well, it's pretty low-cost living. Um, for all the things you could say, it's actually with the Air Force Base and all this influence, it's a pretty diverse crowd around if you look for it. Um, but, you know, also part of me is like, I'm like George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life without the good deeds or the love interest. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, what's holding you back? Uh, and so to hear that you're just going for it... That's cool. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're happy, I say. That's all that matters. Right. Right. And win or lose, I mean, you've already got lose in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, you got no in your pocket already. I'm already lost. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's only uphill from here. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom's yeah. just another word for nothing left to lose. Hey, yeah. man. Don't end up like Janice, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, and by the way, I was listening the other night uh, to The Doors. Oh. Somebody put on The Doors, and the, this person made the comment that, as we're, what was the one song? Slip into unconsciousness oh, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. give me a kiss or something like that. And the crystal ship. Uh, yeah, and uh, the person I was with made the comment. Jim Morrison's kind of creepy. And I ca- and then I started like listening in detail. Your uh, headphones cutting out yeah. there. Here, unplug and plug him into that one right there. That I think that Jack is all messed up. Yeah, man, I have one of his uh, poetry books. Yeah, is is he actually creepy? Um, I don't think he's creepy. I think it's a lot of um, alcohol and hallucinogens. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, mescaline because they called him the Lizard King. Right. Because he'd go in the desert and eat some mescaline and, and, I mean, write all this stuff. And when I was in high school, I read one of his poetry books. And, I, I mean, I used to write a lot. And, it, I mean, it was great. But it is kind of nuts. You just yeah, it's a little crazy. I mean, and there, I think it's interesting. I don't know. You don't know. I, People get the wrong idea sometimes. Like, I don't think that should necessarily be a model for life. I do believe in freedom, so do what you like. But I look at somebody like Jim Morrison, I don't want to necessarily do that, what he did. I mean, part of me, I'm sure, who doesn't want to be a rock star? But, I mean, I look at what he uh, did, and I'm like, okay, but I can learn from him. I can, like, view what he went through what he was talking about and sort of okay that's an interesting experience I don't I try not to judge it though it is a little like rock stars I think and people this is a long theme with me George yeah like lyrics and songs what you can get away with singing <laughs> you cannot say to somebody <laughs> you know what I mean like oh my goodness like just many a love song like you can't do it. Not allowed. It just doesn't come across well if I just walk up to somebody and say, like, dig, if you will, a picture. You can say some really, really mean things to people if you're smiling and laughing. Yeah. If it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think you can. 
I think so. It's all about tone, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you couch it in a joke, and it actually is funny. Yeah. I mean, have you all met any comics or seen anywhere it's like, okay, that dude's just kind of, it's kind of mean. Yeah. And they, but it was, it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, we got a few like that. Like, uh, I don't, I think it's a more out of our. Our city, more like a different city. Well, I'm not asking for names, but oh, just right. you oh, know. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting names out there. No, okay, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have good days and bad days. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you, sure. And especially if you get a heckler, one little drunk guy, and then you catch a comic on a bad day, and he will just break somebody down real mm. quick. Oh yeah. And it's like, let me see if I can make you cry. Oh yeah, we got a lot, we got a lot of roast going on every now and then. Oh, okay. And we'll see when a comic doesn't like another comic. <laughs> oh, come, the truth comes out. Because he'll, he'll go like an extra six minutes on that one person. They're like, Jesus, what, is... <laughs> what did he do to you? Was he looking at your girl? You're all right. Dude. Did you get yeah. little feelings hurt and you just didn't tell anybody? Go hug him afterwards or everything. Jesus. Yeah, that, I mean, it's uh, it can be where you don't... I love the roast format, yeah. but it's got to be like, hey, you better hug afterwards or shake hands or something. Everybody needs to know this is oh, the we, deal. We make sure uh, beforehand. He's like, "Hey, oh, yeah. a joke. is there anything you don't want to be joked on?" And so on. We we semi professional about it. Okay, you know what's going on. They reamed yeah. me. Were you there? Yeah, man, they did mine. And mm-hmm. you know I'm a big walking target because mm-hmm. no doubt. <laughs> look at me. I look homeless, you know. And uh, we did it. It was years back, but I mean, it was just it was great. It was hilarious. Everybody did real good. No, I have a question for you, Seth. Do you look? Uh, homeless even if you're like say we're going to be this wedding together with eric and emily and you're going to be in the same you know suit or tux as i am are you still going to look homeless i don't know i'm curious if he brings I, the fingerless gloves yeah, with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like he buys these fingerless gloves right George? he buys actual gloves yeah and destroys them. And cuts the fingers <laughs> off every year. <laughs> of course, And of course you have to do it every year because they get frayed. Yeah. Because they're not built like that. Because they're little crappy dollar jersey gloves. And then what do you do to your gloves for? Well, it's so I can hold stuff without dropping it. Because you got to have grip. I mean, they make gloves for that now. They got gloves that have like a Pacific figure on it. Yeah, it costs like fifteen dollars more, but still. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's got stitching on the ends. They're more yeah. durable. No, I'll- try it. They don't work. <laughs> nothing ain't nothing like the the oh, touch from your real finger. <laughs> I suppose. Just cut that one finger off, then. Like, man, five fingers. <laughs> Love. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's getting a little weird in here tonight. But uh, you know, two seven two nine two two eight. Let's see who this is on the phone. Been holding on. Waka 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 waka. Hey, is this Soldier Boy? Absolutely. I got a great story for you guys. Let me set up the scenario. I'm 6'4", 240, okay? So me and my girlfriend are going to a, uh, uh, and we're running late to get to the, uh, to the, uh, you know, comedy club. And we're like, oh my God, there's not a place to sit for two of us together. And there's always the front rows open. We were so stupid. We didn't know. We had too many cocktails before we got there. And I said, damn, honey, we can sit in the front row. Last place you want to sit on the front freaking row of a comedy show. So I get up there, man. He slams on me with my four eyes and my glasses and my bald head and being tall. I mean, the dude's slamming me. And I fired. I said, dude, I had flashbacks of those two old men in the Muppets. Oh, right. Said, oh, yeah, man, I got to fire back. And I said, man, if I want any lip from you, I'll scrape it off my zipper. Oh, we got a lively one up here in the front row. <laughs> oh, my goodness, <laughs> man. Hey, to, I said, hey, you want a key to my pants? And I, he goes, no. And then how the hell are you going to get out of there? Oh, oh, oh we got a feisty one in the front row. I said, man, you shouldn't have messed with me. He said, I like a little amateur. You want to go up here and do a little comedy with me? I was like, no. 
at the end of the show, guess what he does, man? He goes, he comes up and he's shaking everybody's hands and selling his, you know, his DVDs and his shirts and his hat. The dude's giving me free crap left and right. <laughs> he, says, he says, man, you are great. I bet everybody thought you were a freaking plant, man. He says, yeah. he said, I can... Yeah, I can feed off of that, man. You gave me so much energy. I thought it was going to be a, just a regular damn show tonight. And he says, I, I, usually they sit in the front row, they just curl up into a little shell like a hermit crab, man. But you came out like a lobster, man. You came fighting. And he goes, I said, what do you mean? He says, well, sometimes when I pick on people on the front row, man, they're ready to kick my ass. I, I got to run. And then I came up to him, and I said, and he was a little guy, you know, I'm, I'm being 6'4", 240. I walked up, and he goes, you're not going to kick my ass, are you, man? I was like, no, man, you did a great show. He goes, okay, here's a free hat and a DVD and a shirt. <laughs> he he loves awesome. me, man. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Well, no, never, it's, it's respect. It's like, I don't know, like, and I'm just getting to know you, George. I just met you tonight. Right. Like, but I'm, I'm not going to rip on you in the same way I'll, like, rip on Seth and his stupid gloves. <laughs> yeah. Because as you get to know somebody, I think it's out, though, of, like, it, it, good friends will, you know, yeah. tear each other down. That's what you do. Sure, you know, sure. if you care yeah, about me, you're going to talk trash. Right. Well, I had the four eyes since I was in fourth grade. I was not, I was ready fired up. Oh, sure. I didn't need the drinks in me, okay? Right. I was like, oh, man, this guy's going. I said, oh, you're going there. And the whole crowd's looking at me. <laughs> you think I'm going to jump the front row and kill him, you know? And he's just slamming on. But I want to tell you something else, guys, that mm -hmm. I got the opportunity to do. I had a shot of Jim Beam mm -hmm. in Paris at a gravesite. Where was I at? Oh, uh, you were at Jim's. Jim, mm -hmm. Jim, Jim Morrison's gravesite, yep. Yeah. That's the awesome. number three gravesite, man. The old uh, Paris police tried to chase me, but I got my picture taken there and everything, man. It's cool. Is it a nice headstone? Oh yeah, it's the typical. I mean, there's flowers, there's candles. I mean, it's they got they got posters uh, of this headstone. I mean, it's a typical hard rocker, you know, type. You know, cool. That's cool, man. Uh, I mean, it was one. Of, and like you said, you know, I read a lot of his poetry and stuff because you know, I guess his writing name was what the, the, the Snake King, Lizard King. Yeah, Lizard yeah. King, and his dad was a rear admiral, and that's why they said it a lot of times in, in his bibliography that reason why he was so anti-social, you know, because his father was so strict with rules and everything. Sure. Yeah. Man. But I, I tell you, he had, you know, the group never, ever, unlike the, you know, other groups like the Beatles and stuff, after, you know, a couple of people passed away, you know, got together for, you know, they they never got back together. They never played without him. It's one of those bands, anybody. yeah, that never, like, is it one of the bands out there that doesn't have any, isn't it like Foreigner, no original members right now, but they're still called Foreigner or something like that? Isn't that, that? weird? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not funny. You just can't get another Jim Morrison. There's only one. It was like uh, Freddie Mercury. There's only one. Yeah, but Queen still kept on. Did they? With, I yeah, mean, they kept going. They, they used to, what, the guy from Bad Company. Really? What, yeah. And then they, what other groups, what other groups out there that lost their lead singer and, and never... Never played again. There's a bunch of them. I was reading one time. Well, not Zeppelin lost Bonham, and that's like a backbone of your band. And they, I mean, they played one or two concerts. I mean, let's face the fact. When uh, when uh, David Lee Roth left uh, Van Halen and Sammy uh, 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 Hagar came on, not the same. Oh, but come on, man. Listen. Different. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to like 1984 against 5150. Hagar has some pipes. He's not the showman of he David does. Lee Roth, but he can though, sing right. his He's ass off. Like he, it's good. It's I. I don't know, and I'm. I like both. I like both. So you like both? it's different. I agree. I like Sammy Hagar as a as a, as a uh, either a solo or when he had his backup band. I can't drive fifty five, man. I start speeding. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had a song, and the cop. I remember right. the cop that pulled me over. He says, "Why'd you? Boy, why are you speeding, sir? Is there any reason why you're in a hurry?" Uh, yeah, Sammy Hagar was playing. I can't drive fifty five, and I had to agree with him. 
rocking out, man. I'm rocking on, man. Well, I'm sure he's still got ticketed. But you guys got to get a chance. Ever get a chance to Paris? Have a drink there for the jam, man. Toast one to the man. Okay. Well, thanks for the call, man. All right, guys. And I, I will tell folks that Soldier Boy or whatever his real name is. Uh, in person, does not talk quick, as quick as he does on the phone. Oh. There's something about his persona on air, and I'm not... I think he knows this about himself. <laughs> well, he's just a mile a minute, man. He's on it, man. Yeah. My goodness. But, you know, bringing up Morrison, it, I was thinking about it last night. I really am in this mood. Um, and so you saying, George, that you're kind of going off chasing this dream, this right. idea. It's got me thinking about the, the individual decisions people make and if they could only see where it's going to lead, whether you have success or failure. So I think about, like, Jim Morrison, and he starts doing his thing. Like, how many people looked at that guy when he's writing his early poetry and doing the early things with the band or, like, whatever, dude? Just, you know, wrote him off. Right. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. And then becomes this incredible, I mean, modern-day poet for American culture. I mean, that's how it always is, man. Because it, it, it builds character for him, too, so it makes him want to keep doing it. If people ain't, if people ain't, aren't supporting them in the beginning, so nobody's right. gonna support you in the beginning. You yeah, just gotta uh, follow your heart, man, just and run with it, and just do what you feel. And if you feel it, somebody else will feel it, right. and it'll just catch on. Cool. Yeah, anybody you like really idolize or emulate somebody who's like a, a hero in comedy, or uh, it's kind of it's kind of default for a lot of people. Bill Burr. Oh, Burr. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's my guy. Uh, that and uh, he don't he don't do comedy anymore. But Donald Glover. Well, Charles oh, yeah. Gambino. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. When he when he did comedy early, I was like, oh, that's like that can be like me because I was when I first started, I was like more, uh, I was in school, I was in college and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that can be me. I can be like this outgoing black guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't have to talk about the same old stuff that other black people talk about. Well, that, no, and that is interesting about Glover. Well, Glover's all over the map. Yeah, he is super talented. Man, multi-talented guy. But you're right. He kind of, the first time I remember seeing him was Community. And he's sort of playing the nerdy character. And then his stand-up is... Uh, yeah, is roughly the same character. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. It's great stuff. Yeah. But then to go and then do Atlanta, and now the Childish Gambino, it's just yeah. incredible. That's nuts, man. Yeah. But then you're, uh, Burr is one of my favorites, oh, yeah. by far. Yeah, I try to... Try to emulate his anger, you know. <laughs> the best, the, the best I can. You do a really good redheaded white guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about Bert. It's, I think it's the Boston in him too. Oh yeah. It's, it's like revved up. I thought about that too. Like between Vegas or Boston, because like, co- comedy is hard in Boston. So I'm like, what what better place to try? Right. Man, that's awesome. All right. But. Well, yeah, it'd be. I mean, there's obviously Los Angeles and uh, and New York City, but Los yeah. Angeles. Is, well, you're, if you're going to Vegas, like you yeah. said, and you'll well, be in the big city, so you'll have open mics all the time, I mean, every night, a couple of nights. So I mean, New York is like super expensive, and LA is burning down. So like, I can't. Yeah. I, I ain't got the money to keep moving around like this. So exactly, I'll go visit Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't want to live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not in. No offense there. to LA. I'm just saying, like, right. I can't do that, man. My goodness, I, that's, I don't. That's why I can't do Florida. Why not Atlanta? Florida's weird. <laughs> yeah, too. I can't swim. So, <laughs> <laughs> why not Atlanta? Atlanta, uh, kind of. It feels like it'd be like more of a more fancy Montgomery 
Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I, I agree. It yeah. is like that. That's all it is. The big Montgomery. Just, just a few more clubs and a few more churches. That's uh, all it is. That <laughs> is, yeah. And just crowded. Yeah. It's like Montgomery, yeah. but crowded. Fifteen right. lanes of traffic. No. Right. Yeah, I can't do that. No. Oh, but Joey, we have a fancy movie theater that you can pay fifty dollars a ticket to get into, and yeah. somebody massages your feet, and you're in a nice chair. You yeah. drink wine. Can, can you do that at home? I don't need that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do that Let your at home. Cat rub on you. I don't have a cat. What Yet. are you talking about? <laughs> I haven't forgotten. <laughs> and you know he's thinking about it because he got quiet. Yeah, I was like, what What in the world? We're going to have to talk after this. <laughs> what do you start? I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight, George. Yeah. And then after the break, I've got a few stories. And they're pretty much... Um, I mean, the boss told me to cut out the scatological crap. But... Uh, but they're all poo-based. Oh, nice. Poo-based stories, yes. Scatological? Me, yeah. What is good, that? A good Look poo story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it, and these are our news stories, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just Joey's fascinated with poo-poo. <laughs> oh, the world is. <laughs> no, this, these, there are some stories uh, that we'll get into. Before we hit this break, um, I want to. I don't. I just have to. I mean, I'm I'm obligated in a way. This is a business, you know. It, it's what we call a live spot, ladies and gentlemen. If I could pull back the curtain, somebody who has a business or has a service they want to offer you says, "Joey, I like what you do. I think you can tell people about what I do to connect me with you know people that I want to help." And this guy's name is Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Now, Eddie Bader has been wanting to really relay to people that he can be your buyer's agent, especially if you're sort of looking to be a first-time home buyer. I don't know if you're you're moving, George, so yeah, this doesn't apply I'm to you. I'm not buying a home anytime soon. But if you're you know, laying down some roots or you know, you're tired of renting and you realize you want to stay here, then really think about owning a home. Even if it's like, okay, now I rent it out to the buddies I'm already renting out a place with. That's how you can do it. And Eddie, as a buyer's agent, will not only help you find the right house, he can really set up the right neighborhood for you, and he can help you with things you might not think of as a first-time home buyer, like how to walk through things like home inspections, who's going to pay for repair issues, how they can be negotiated um, with the seller, uh, things like how you can make sure the prepaids, like an inspection, like an appraisal, aren't too expensive. Being able to see stuff like that in a house when you don't know and you walk through and he can pick out little things like a little water spot here or a piece of carpet that messed up. I mean, you won't see that, but he will. And and, and he goes the extra mile, and there are a lot of ways we can say that he goes the extra mile. But one example is he used to see... And hear stories from people that would buy a house, and when they move in, they'd have to clean it for two days. And so if you go through Eddie Bader, you make him your buyer's agent, give him a call, 322 322 or you can find him on the Book of Faces on Facebook. I message with him all the time. Just look up Eddie Bader. But he said if you go through him, and he is your buyer's agent, and you close on the place, he has his own team. And they'll go in and they'll clean the place. So you can just move in and you're there. Nice. I mean, that's just one example of how he goes the extra mile. So, Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, give him a call, 322-0662. Now, this Chris Jericho music from WCW, it sounds so, like, stereotypical 80s. Jericho, by the way, back in the WCW days was awesome. <laughs> He's great. Like Dean Malenka was that known hair. as oh my Malenka was known as the man of a thousand holds. So Chris Jericho started calling himself the man of a thousand and one holds, <laughs> and started calling him Stinko Malenko. Oh, and it's just like he takes the front man like David Lee Roth or 
uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons a kiss and like essentially makes himself a rock star wrestler. And now he is literally a rock star wrestling super star. Uh, great stuff, but this music sounds so generic because it is. Because Turner, they didn't have the rights to go get some you know fancy rock song everybody knows, so they just picked from the Turner Broadcasting Library, and this was like basketball highlight number thirteen. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it, but it's still you know kind of fit him. He first came as a big white meat baby face, like okay. long blonde hair. Yeah, and instead of like being interested, he's like, all right, everybody. Yeah, work hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. Like his first match, <laughs> he was supposed to win by count out, and instead he goes out of the ring and just lets the get be a double count out. And he's like, I'm not gonna win this way. And you guys in the NWO, I want to beat you fair and square. I'm not gonna cheat like you guys and you Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's great. It's great to go back. I need to get WWE to pay me to promote their damn network. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I need to get DDP to pay me for wearing this shirt. Yeah. I'm doing all the... Uh, I, but I he used to not be this buff. Ugh. You yeah. just see him. He can, like, I mean, one hand, like, handstand. We'll get it. that. we got to hit this break. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Clark. Wait. Come on. Wait for it. You know I got you. Joey yeah. Clark. Now you're into I haven't done this in a while And I need to get But WW2K19 The new game worth it Uh, I haven't haven't bought it I haven't haven't done it yet I I heard it wasn't worth it Okay because I've done 18 And I played that for a good few months I I used to play that like seriously I had a league and everything but uh, they messed up the online somehow. Okay. And, yeah, so it was like, no, it's not even worth it anymore. Yeah, like, well, I tried to play career mode. I can never get the promos down, which is un- unfortunate for me because it's not like I could just talk into a mic. Yeah. It's like you got to pick some option. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, come on, man. But I had a horse wimp. That's my guy's name. Horse wimp? <laughs> yeah, with the horse wimp. With the ties. He's very flamboyant. I like Shawn Michaels. I like Macho Man. I like Jericho. I like that over-the-top sort of rock star. I'm going back old school, man. WrestleMania for 64. That's what I'm looking oh. for. Yeah. That's real. Hey, yeah, that's what I want to play. What was uh, uh, Stone Cold's early name when he was like, he had hair? Yeah. He had oh, hair? He, yeah. Well, no. he was initially stunning Steve Austin. Yeah. And WCW, and then I mean it, dudes. Like I, I go through these things where I obsess and become a super fan for a little while. When I was real young, my first love was Led Zeppelin. Then it became for like a decade Prince. I know way too much about Prince. Now it's become wrestling. It's <laughs> happened, and so it was stunning Steve Austin. Yeah. And then he he goes to WWE. And he becomes the ringmaster. Oh, WWF, man. WWF at the time. Yeah. Uh, and Ted DiBiase is like his manager. Yeah. And he's the ringmaster, Vince's idea. Because, and it was like, it's a compliment because you're so good. And he really was. And uh, he said he was watching documentaries about serial killers. And that's how he came up with the idea of like, I want to do something like a Stone Cold Killer. And that's, I guess it came from there. That's yeah. awesome. Like, hmm. Never would have guessed that because it was like Stone Cold 316. Yeah. Well, that, you know where that came from. That, it was a off the cuff promo. Really? 
Yeah, it was like John 3.16 says this. Well, Austin 3.16 says, I just whooped your ass. Uh, and people ate it up so much, it's like, all right, that's history. Let me drink a beer. No, now we're the man. No, we were just having a little conversation off mic about open mics and comedy. And yeah. you just, I mean, I imagine some stuff's pre-thought out, but does some of the best stuff, it's like that. Yeah, it's off the cuff. It's, it's in the moment. It's like uh, like the guy who, was, who called... Um, Sometimes some hecklers are okay or really good, but like uh, uh, sometimes they like people hear his story and then try to emulate it, and then you'd be like, "Hush, please, (laughs) just stop, stop it, please." But then how how you react off them? Sometimes you get some of the some of the best some of the best jokes. Right. I I, yeah, and it's also it, it creates I think motivation. Like your 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 actual emotions, like I had to take this person. That's why the roast battles are so yeah. fun. One of the first open mics I did, I um, I got beat up afterwards. <laughs> like like physically beat. Yeah, up? Yeah, I got in a fist fight with some guy. Yeah. Whoa. I know, man. That's when you know you're doing something. When your jokes make somebody so mad, they try to whoop you after it's over. <laughs> Who did you? Why did he? What did you say? I, it was a long time ago. It was like five years ago. I don't remember. I was drinking. Did you attack his mother? Or <laughs> no, he was a little sensitive guy, and he got a little angry with me. And when I walked outside, I, something happened. You really <laughs> are. I've been told that Seth has changed. Oh yeah, changed. He's changed a lot. How long life. have you known Seth? About four or five years now. Okay, yeah, so you would say he's changed in that four or five years. Yeah, he's he's a lot more mature now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like before that five years in my twenties. Oh my God, the longer the further back it goes, the worse it gets. Yeah, if I see somebody from when I was like early twenties, I'm like, dude, don't say anything about me. Right. If I, if, I <laughs> if people who know me from my early twenties back here in Montgomery after college is like, oh, you're the guy who was passed out at the bar. Nice. Not and not like the I'm not like the sad drunk who showed up at the bar just drank and fell asleep. It was like no, I'd be out there partying and I just fall asleep when I drink. So like I I need friends to take care of me and that's why I don't do it anymore. Yeah, because it's just a, a waste. You were passed out on the bar. I was on the bar. Mm. <laughs> no, coyote, coyote ugly. Yes, yeah, old Seth man was getting half naked. Oh god! I'm glad I missed it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Very much a me too moment there. Yeah. Very much. That's I, why. I don't want you getting half naked no, anytime soon. Don't drink. Yeah. Right. Um, but I promise people poo stories. Ooh. And really, it, I don't have to gild the lily here a lot. I first saw a story about uh, you know those hand like dryers in public bathrooms. Oh uh, yeah. And apparently, what happens is. Tiny molecules of poo get sucked into that thing. And then it's essentially just blowing it all over people's hands after they wash their hands. I'm yeah, glad I don't I, use it. I believe thing. it. I believe I, it. I believe it too. Especially those new ones. Yeah. It's like it's like even more powerful, like a thinner air. Oh, yeah, and you stick yeah, your hands. Yeah. Like you have to make an L with your wrist. Yeah. yeah. I think those are shooting it everywhere. That's terrible. Shoot it right off your hand. Well, and then a study was done. Uh, I think McDonald's conducted it themselves about their new touch screens <laughs> in their stores, and they found that there was poo all over their touch screens. And I'm just, from those two stories, I've decided, gentlemen, that there's poo everywhere. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's, you just can't yeah, see it. There's poo on the money. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's on your dollar bill? Cocaine and poo. <laughs> it's like I'm a good person. I don't need poo and cocaine. I know. I didn't do it. Well, and it's almost scary because it's not like you walk outside and somebody's dog you know, took a, a dump on your front lawn. Yeah. It's like it's indiscernible. Like right. you, you need a microscope to see this stuff. Sometimes you can't even wash it off. Hey, that's just, just how everywhere, it is. man. Right. And then everybody's trying to be so germaphobic. Yeah. And you can't be because yeah. there's poo all over the place. Hey, just wash your hands, keep going. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, Try them on your pants. Hey, if it take you out, you just wasn't strong enough. I'm sorry. You got that right. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the school where you don't don't get your kids to sanitize their hands all the time. Yeah. No, let let a little yeah. bit yeah. get yeah. in there, yeah. Yeah. especially as they're young. Yeah, get the immunity going. Yeah. Good you know? for you, man. Make the right. mustache grow faster. Exactly. <laughs> Chest hair. Yeah. Start shaving way before hair starts growing on. Thirteen. The that's when I started shaving this hole. So it wasn't puberty, it was germs. That's oh, what it was. Wait, <laughs> and so you're telling me you've been shaving your chest for that long? Oh, God. No, I, I've only shaved my chest once, and it was a terrible idea. Because when it, uh, like, and I'm, I'm, my front side's fuzzy, okay? And I shaved from the neck to, like, my belt line. And, like, once it, at it was first, a proper razor. Like, oh, yeah. And it was smooth. She was pretty. She talked me into it. <laughs> and, <laughs> like,. I didn't get it was not worth it but anyway after like two days it started growing back and like my shirt would go up and then get caught in like the the five o'clock shadow of my front fuzz and oh my it was never do that ow yeah you're Cherokee too yeah man oh tan and fuzzy I just I'm a little unsettled by the amount of poo that's in the air it's just I don't know it's been bothering me all day I mean, I'm not that bad. Another thing, though, that's been really annoying me, and I'm not going to call out these guys who are on my Book of Faces page, um, because it's not a call out, and it's not even about the argument. It's like I post something, and I, you know, I'm a very much everybody kind of guy. I might even get in a heated argument with you, but for the most part, I will hang out with all types of people. Right. Especially politics. I try to, you know, suppress my emotions and just, even if somebody, I disagree with them, get along with them. Right. People over politics. That's Joey's new theme. And so I post stuff and people from all different perspectives, left, right, libertarian, I don't think I have any like true blue, like neo-Nazis following me, thank the gods right now. Uh, but who knows? I don't know, just like poo is everywhere. <laughs> right. Well, actually, I did block one guy about four years ago where he was taught, he was, he called himself a race realist. A race Whoa. realist? And you start getting into that and they're like subspecies stuff. just making up stuff right, as they go. Oh like, my God. Uh, oh man, we're bringing back scientific racism. Yeah, okay, boys. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the, anyway, there, it's three guys and they're just going back and forth. So I'm seeing alerts on my phone all day. And it's just, are you still going? Like, this argument started two days ago. <laughs> are you involved in it at all, or did you just started it? Why are you wasting your time and energy? Hey, some people live on Facebook, man. Yeah. Boom, and I haven't touched it in, uh, like, two days. And this started last Friday when I got sick, day after Thanksgiving. That's good. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm staying off of it. That's good. Do you, are you big on social media? Oh, yeah, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, I got the everything. I got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because right. uh, I got to do that. I got to promote the, the podcast and everything. Because so. I know, and that's how I feel about you know being in radio. There is this trend of some people not just unplugging from like cable, but yeah. you know, like get a flip phone, yeah, get an old school, old school brick phone. 
they can they can always switch to a Windows phone. It's like it's smart enough, but it's not right. like you can't do anything. I mean, you'd be amazed at how it. much time you spend looking at Facebook. Oh, I do. You know, it's addictive. Yeah, and like I put it down, and it's I mean. Wow, it's great, man. My neck doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> so you got to get on this yoga stuff. The hey, DDPY, baby. I'm, man, I might have to do something. Yeah, well, I don't know. I Part of me, I'm realizing as I'm getting older, and I am, I'm, I'm a little bit overthinking this turning 30 thing. I definitely am overthinking it. Yeah, dude, don't worry about it. When things happen, you'll do the right thing. But I need something to take responsibility for. So I really am thinking, I just got to figure out a way around this pet deposit. Yeah, but I'm you got thinking, the right idea. Some people are telling me dog, 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 dog. Mm-hmm. I've had dogs all my life. I love dogs. Yeah. Dogs are great. You're here too much. Right, but I'm thinking a cat. Yeah. But man. I'm a little worried about the cat because you don't know. Like, they could be cool. No, I'll get him a kitten. You'll be fine. Yeah. And just, you know, take care of yeah. it and love it and the kitten will be cool. Yeah, man. And, okay. I mean, Plus it'll you- be your cat and it'll be you. I mean, it's it's great. Plus, you don't need to love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're like you just just put it there, put it in the house and leave. Yeah, like, feed it. Yeah, when you get home, it'll come and yeah. make you love it. Okay. Well, I don't know. The main person I'm talking to everybody about it, but I'm I'm gonna go. My final consultant will be Teresa over at uh, Four Healthy Pets at the uh, that Village East Shopping Center, Atlanta Highway, oh, Skate Haven. Yeah, huh. it's the same side of the road as Faulkner. Um, she kind of opened my eyes up to. Well, number one, go local. There, when somebody opens up a local small business, there's has to be some, especially like a pet store. You could go to a big box store, but don't. Go to a place that has this sort of dedication. And her, her vibe really is healthy pets. That's why it's called for, healthy pets. And the idea is if you eat all natural, good, high-quality food as a human being, it's going to be good for your dog. It's going to be good for your cat. It's going to be better for them. Like, instead of getting a raw hide, you know, bone, get, like, an all-natural, like, all-salmon. It looks like a raw hide roll-up, but it's all-salmon. It's good for them, and it makes, when it comes out, it doesn't smell near as bad. Better. Yeah. Right. And it's just, I've, I mean, I've heard horror stories of where somebody did feed a cat sort of bottom-of-the-barrel priced food. That cat developed a thyroid issue. Now that cat isn't, you know. It's now round. It's not, well, it's not going to live as long. Um, it's just, you know, issues like that. And that's where Teresa specializes. She takes the time for her own cats and dogs and wanted to offer it to you to really look at high-quality, all-natural brands that are responsibly sourced. And then you can get the little treats. And the one thing I love to push because it's, well, I like it too, is the chicken crack. It's really just chicken jerky. Meowawana. <laughs> <laughs> it's chicken jerky or the catnip that is my favorite branding, Meowawana. Meowawana. Yeah. That's oh, real. I thought you yeah. it up. Yeah, it <laughs> looks, looks like little joints and little buds in a jar, but it's actually catnip, and the cats go crazy for it. Nice. It's adorable. <laughs> um, but you can, I mean, there's, there's pet massages, people massages, but especially, though, with the chicken crack, it's going so fast. So you want to go over there to Four Healthy Pets, tell Teresa, I want to get in on this pre-order it and get them all healthy all natural incredible snack um yeah there's just so many things stop by it's like friends and family hour over there everybody when i was over there she knew their name great place four healthy pets on the atlanta highway tell Teresa joey said hi so we only have like four minutes left what you got 
Oh, we could, you know, go behind door number one here on the phone and see who this mystery caller is. But you never know in radio when you answer a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the greatest call of our lives. It could be like... Somebody inc- makes me cry. It could be boring as sin. It could be somebody who really hurts my feelings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could be whatever. I mean, who knows? let's see who it is. News talk here on the air. Who's this? Oh, friends, this is James. Oh, hello, James. Uh, I have. I am not a professional joke teller, but I have told two jokes in a very strange place. I told a. We were in Delphi in Greece at the Temple of Apollo, and they wanted to show everyone how acoustic it was, how perfectly. So they made me stand on the stage, the four thousand whatever year old stage, and uh, tell a joke. Okay. And so I did. And the other joke I had to tell was on a Nile barge going, um, we had to have a stunt, the groups that were in there. And all of them were English, except my little group was uh, American. And we had to perform a stunt. And I had to tell a joke in front of a bunch of English people, and they laughed. That's and, awesome. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, sense of humor. Now, I did have some of the English people come to me and say, you know, if we don't laugh, don't take it personal, because we don't laugh at anything. But, <laughs> I told a joke, and I, it was about uh, the Nile River water, and they told, they always told us, don't drink the Nile River water, because of the effect it has on your intestinal fortitude, and um, so I told the joke about, actually, we did a joke about the Rolaids, you know, I spell relief, R-O-L-L-I-T-S or whatever it was. Well, I did it and I spelled relief, N-I-L-E-R-I-V-E-R. And uh, those English laughed at it. And so they like that. Two jokes. They like that grammatical two. humor. It's that hooked on phonics <laughs> well, funny right there. <laughs> yeah, well, they, you know, and that was my two, you were talking about jokes a while ago, and that was mm. my two jokes that I told. Uh, but, um, you know, it is sort of, uh, you know, Standing on the platform of three thousand year old theater that is cool. and tell a joke. That's awesome. And it was great. The acoustics were fantastic because the tour director put people out in the you know sitting on the. If you ever seen a picture of that place, it's unbelievable. And it's, uh, I'm looking at it now. Uh, I told I was sitting on. Well, you can see it. There's the little stage. Yeah, that's then, it's uh, incredible. And uh, so I was sitting there, and I didn't shout. I didn't. He, he said, just speak in a normal voice, uh, and uh, I did, you know, and they were scattered out, and they all heard it, and it was just unbelievable. You could, yeah. and that acoustics is, you know, like I said, it's 3,000, 4,000, 700,000, however old it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, James, I, I, that is fascinating. That's awesome. It's a cool story. I, I got to run. I appreciate the call. All man. right, brother. All right. Um, well, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, George, you got a podcast, right? Yeah, we got a podcast. Uh, the Homes Podcast, W H O M S T. Okay. Uh, you just find it wherever you subscribe to podcasts, like iTunes, uh, Google Play, all that. Awesome. Uh, uh, basically, same format as uh, the Bill Burr 
I just kind of oh, talked to myself. You uh-huh. rant a little bit. Yeah, and I had Seth on, and his episode will be on later Ooh. on in the week. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Folks, check that out. And uh, it's a good way for folks to follow you as you kind of head yeah. out to Vegas and yeah. dry your hand it. And yeah, once a week. Awesome. Awesome. Well, George, it's great meeting you. Yeah, thank you great. for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and come back Ooh. before you leave. It'd be oh, fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll, oh, we yeah. can do it as a roundtable thing. Love to. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd be good. 